After reciting the Shahud Ta'uz and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalif Dhanusi V, Ayyadullah Ta'ala Manasil Aziz stated, The name of the Badri companion whose accounts I will narrate today is Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah. Hazrat Talha belonged to the Taim bin Murrah tribe. His father's name was Ubaidullah bin Uthman and the name of his mother was Saba, who was the daughter of Abdullah bin Ibad Hadrami and was the sister of Hazrat Ala bin Hadrami. Hazrat Talha's title was Abu Muhammad. The name of Hazrat Ala bin Hadrami's father was Abdullah bin Ibad Hadrami. Hazrat Ala belonged to Hadramaut and was the confederate of Har bin Umayyah. The Holy Prophet had appointed him as the governor of Bahrain and he served as the governor until his demise. He passed away in the 14th year after Hijrah during the caliphate of Hazrat Umar One of his brothers, Amir bin Hadrami, who had not accepted Islam, was killed during the Battle of Badr. Another brother of his, Amr bin Hadrami, was the first idolater to be killed by a Muslim. Furthermore, his possessions were the first to be acquired by the Muslims as part of the spoils of war. Hazrat Talha's ancestry connects with the Holy Prophet ﷺ from the seventh generation through Murrah bin Kaab, and it connects to Hazrat Abu Bakr at the fourth generation. His father, Ubaidullah, did not witness the era of Islam. However, his mother lived a long life. She had the opportunity to accept the Holy Prophet ﷺ and was granted the honor of being a female companion. She had accepted Islam prior to the migration. Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah did not participate in the Battle of Badr. However, the Holy Prophet ﷺ gave him a share from the spoils of war. The reason mentioned for him not participating in the Battle of Badr is that the Holy Prophet ﷺ had assessed the departure of the caravan of the Quraysh from Syria and subsequently 
sent Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid ten days prior to his own departure in order to gather information about this caravan. Both of them set off and reached Hawra, where they stayed until the caravan passed by. Hawra was a resting place situated along the Red Sea, where caravans travelling between the Hidaz and Syria would pass by. Nevertheless, the Holy Prophet came to know of this before Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Say returned. The Holy Prophet assembled the companions and set off in pursuit of this caravan of the Quraysh. However, the caravan escaped taking another route, i.e. quickly set off on a path along the coast. This has previously been mentioned as well. The people of the caravan continuously walked day and night in order to escape from those who were in search for them, that is the caravan of the disbelievers from Mecca. Hazrat Alha bin Ubaidullah and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zayed set off towards Medina in order to inform the Holy Prophet ﷺ of this caravan. They were unaware that the Holy Prophet ﷺ had departed for the Battle of Badr. They reached Medina on the same day the battle between the Quraysh and the Holy Prophet ﷺ took place in Badr. Both of them set off from Medina in order to present themselves before the Holy Prophet ﷺ and met with him at Durban while he was returning from Badr. Durban is a valley at a distance of 19 miles from Medina which has an abundance of sweet water wells. The Holy Prophet ﷺ stayed there on his journey towards the Battle of Badr. Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Sayyid did not participate in the Battle of Badr. However, as mentioned previously, the Holy Prophet ﷺ gave them a share of the spoils of this battle. Thus the two of them are counted among the participants in the Battle of Badr. Hazrat Talha participated in the Battle of Uhud and all other battles alongside the Holy Prophet ﷺ. He was also present during the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. He was among the ten people who the Holy Prophet ﷺ had given the glad tidings of paradise in their lifetimes. He was also among the first eight people to accept Islam. And he is among the five who accepted Islam through the preaching of Hazrat Abu Bakr He was among the six members of the Shura committee established by the Hazrat Umar He was among those blessed individuals whom the Holy Prophet ﷺ was pleased with at the time of his demise. Yazid bin Rahman relates that once Hazrat Usman and Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah went forth alongside Hazrat Zubair bin Awam and when they reached the Holy Prophet ﷺ, he conveyed the message of Islam to them and recited the Holy Quran to them, informed them of the rights within Islam and promised them the honour they were to receive from God Almighty. Hazrat Usman and Hazrat Talha then accepted Islam and testified to the truthfulness of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Hazrat Usman then said, O Messenger of Allah ﷺ, I have just returned from Syria. 
And when I reached Ma'an, this is the name of a place situated before Mota. At the time of the Battle of Mota, it was when the Muslims reached this place that they came to realize that the Byzantine had prepared an army of 200,000 strong to combat them. And so the companions stayed here for two days. Hazrat Usman continues, When I reached the land between Ma'an and Zarqa on my return, this too is a place near Ma'an. We set up camp there. As we were sleeping, we heard a caller announce, O ye who sleep, awaken! Ahmed has appeared in Mecca. We then returned from there and heard the news regarding you. Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah anhu relates, I was in Busra, an ancient town of Syria. The Holy Prophet also stayed in Busra when he went there to trade goods with his paternal uncle. He further states, I was in the markets of Busra when a monk was proclaiming from his Salma, i.e. a synagogue, find out if there is anyone from among the travelling merchants who has come from Mecca. I told him I was from there, so he asked, Has Ahmed really appeared? I replied, Which Ahmed do you refer to? He said, The son of Abdullah bin Muttalib. This is the month in which he is to appear, and he will be the last prophet. His advent will be in Mecca, and his migration will be to a place with date fields where the land would be rocky, barren, and saline. Do not forsake him. Hazrat Talha radiallahu anhu states, Everything he said deeply affected me, so I departed swiftly and reached Mecca. I asked the people if anything new had transpired, to which they answered, Yes, Muhammad bin Abdullah, the Amin, which is the title given to the Holy Prophet ﷺ by the Meccans, has made a claim to prophethood. And Ibn Abi Kahafa, the title of Hazrat Abu Bakr, has accepted him. Hence I left and went straight to Hazrat Abu Bakr and asked if he had truly become his follower. He answered yes, and you should also go to him and accept him, as he calls towards the truth. Hazrat Talha then related to Hazrat Abu Bakr all that the monk had stated. So he took Hazrat Talha to the Holy Prophet Hazrat Talha then accepted Islam and informed the Holy Prophet all of what the monk had said. The Holy Prophet was pleased to hear this. This is also mentioned in the Book of History at Tabqatul Kubra. When Hazrat Talha accepted Islam, Nawfal bin Khawailid bin Adwiya tied him and Hazrat Abu Bakr with a rope, which is why both of them are known by the title of Qarinayn, i.e. the two companions. Nawfal was known in Mecca for his harsh treatment. Among those who tied them up was Usman bin Ubaidullah, the brother of Hazrat Talha. He tied them up to prevent them from seeing the Holy Prophet and in order for them to relinquish their faith in Islam.
Imam Bihki has written that the Holy Prophet ﷺ prayed, O Allah, protect them from the harm of Adwiyah. Hazrat Masood bin Khirash relates, One day I was walking between Safa and Marwa when I saw a large number of people following a young man whose hands were tied to his neck. I inquired as to who this was. The people told me that this was Talha bin Ubaidullah who has given up his faith and his mother Saba is following behind him whilst cursing him. Abdullah bin Saad relates from his father that when the Holy Prophet ﷺ was migrating to Medina, he reached Kharar. This is the name of a valley situated near Hijaz and it is also said that this is one of the valleys of Medina. When he was leaving Kharar, he met Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah in the morning who was part of the caravan returning from Syria. They gave the Holy Prophet ﷺ and Hazrat Abu Bakr Syrian clothes to wear and informed the Holy Prophet ﷺ that the people of Medina have been eagerly awaiting his arrival for a long time. The Holy Prophet ﷺ then went forth with greater haste whilst Hazrat Talha made his way to Mecca. When he completed his work there, he went with the family of Hazrat Abu Bakr and reached Medina. When Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair accepted Islam in Mecca, the Holy Prophet ﷺ established a bond of brotherhood between them prior to the migration. After the Muslims migrated to Medina, the Holy Prophet ﷺ established a bond of brotherhood between Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Abu Ayyub Ansari. However, According to another narration, it is reported that the bond of brotherhood was established between Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid. And according to yet another narration, it was established between Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Ubay bin Kaab. After migrating to Medina, Hazrat Talha stayed at the house of Hazrat Asad bin Zarara. Owing to some of the financial sacrifices offered by Hazrat Talha, the Holy Prophet ﷺ had conferred him with the title of Fayyaz, i.e. the generous one. On one occasion during the Ghazwa of the Kard, the Holy Prophet ﷺ walked past a fountain and inquired about it. The Holy Prophet ﷺ was informed that its name was Bisan, and its water was salty. The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, No, in fact its name is Noman, and its water is sweet. Subsequently, Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah bought the fountain and donated it, and thereupon its water became sweet. When Hazrat Talha came before the Holy Prophet ﷺ to relate this incident, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, Talha, you are extremely fayaz. Thereafter, he was known by the title of Fayyaz. Musa bin Talha relates from his father, Talha, that on the day of the Battle of Uhud, the Holy Prophet ﷺ gave Hazrat Talha the title Talhatul Khair, and on the occasion of 
Tabuk and Zikard, he was granted the title Talhatul Fayaz. And on the occasion of Ghazwa Hunayn, he gave him the title of Talhatul Jud, which also means one who is generous and open hearted. Sayyid bin Zayd relates that he spent time with Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah whilst travelling and also at home, and there was no one who was more generous than Talha in regards to granting money, clothes, and food to others. On the day of the Battle of Uhud, at a time when the Muslims had seemed to suffer defeat, the Holy Prophet took bait from a party from among his companions to pledge on the condition of offering their lives. Subsequently, the companions stood resolutely and risked their lives in order to defend the Holy Prophet to the point that some of them were martyred. Amongst those who took this bath were Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Saad, Hazrat Sahal bin Hunayf, and Hazrat Abu Dujana. On the day of the Battle of Uhud, Hazrat Talha took part in the battle alongside the Holy Prophet. He was among those who stood resolutely with the Holy Prophet and pledged on the condition of offering their lives. Malik bin Zuhair fired an arrow in the direction of the Holy Prophet. Talha protected the Holy Prophet's blessed face with his hand. The arrow struck him on his little finger, which consequently became incapacitated. When the first arrow struck him, he let out a small cry due to the immense pain. Upon this, the Holy Prophet stated, if he had recited Mullah, he would have entered paradise in a manner that people would be witnessing it before their very eyes. In one of the books of history, it further states that on the day of the Battle of Uhud, an idolater twice struck a blow to Hazrat Talha's head, once when he was coming towards him, and the second time when he was turning away from him. He lost a lot of blood as a result of this. This same account has been mentioned in another narration in Siratul Halabiyah. Qais bin Abu Hazimah relates that on the day of the Battle of Uhud, he saw the state of the hand of Hazrat Talha, which had become severely damaged as he had placed it in front of the Holy Prophet ﷺ to protect him from the arrows. According to one narration, he lost so much blood after an arrow pierced his hand that he lost consciousness. Hazrat Abu Bakr sprinkled water on him and he eventually regained consciousness and even then immediately inquired about the Holy Prophet ﷺ's condition. Hazrat Abu Bakr informed him that the Holy Prophet ﷺ was fine and it was the Holy Prophet who had sent him to him. Hazrat Talha then replied, All praise be to Allah. After knowing that the Holy Prophet ﷺ is fine, every hardship becomes insignificant. The account of this battle is also recorded in another tradition from a source of history. Hazrat Zubair relates that on the day of the Battle of Uhud, the Holy Prophet was wearing two chain armors. Owing to the weight of the armor the Holy Prophet was wearing, and from weakness after having lost a lot of blood from the injuries he had sustained, this account is relating to after the battle. The Holy Prophet was not able to climb the mound. The Holy Prophet made Hazrat Talha kneel down and placed his foot on him and ascended onto the mound. Hazrat Zubair narrates that he heard the Holy Prophet state, Talha has made paradise incumbent upon himself. 
In another narration, it states that Hazrat Talha had a limp in one of his legs, and as a result of this, he could not walk properly. When he lifted the Holy Prophet ﷺ, he made every effort to ensure he placed every step carefully and walked straight, so that owing to his limp, the Holy Prophet ﷺ would not experience any discomfort. After this, his limp completely went away. Aisha and Ummah Saq, who were the daughters of Hazrat Talha, state that on the day of the Battle of Uhud, their father sustained 24 injuries, among which there was a large wound to the head, and one of the blood vessels in his leg had been cut. Also, one of his fingers had become incapacitated, and the rest of his body was full of wounds, and he was in a state of semi-consciousness. The front two teeth of the Holy Prophet ﷺ had broken, and he had sustained many injuries to his blessed countenance, and he was also semi-conscious. Hazrat Talha carried the Holy Prophet ﷺ on his back and walked backwards, and whenever he encountered an idolater, he would fight against them and continue to walk in this way till he reached a valley and seated the Holy Prophet ﷺ with his support. This is a reference from At-Tabqatul Kubra. On the day of the Battle of Uhud, Khalid bin Walid took the Muslims by surprise and launched a sudden attack on them, causing them to disperse. Based on various narrations, Hazrat Muslim Maud has related these aforementioned incidents in further detail. His narration illustrates an astonishing account of the level of steadfastness and sacrifice of Hazrat Talha. Even though this was evident in the earlier accounts, but nonetheless the details of this account he has related are as follows. A few companions rushed to the Holy Prophet and formed a ring around him. They could not have been more than thirty in all. The Meccan army attacked this ring fiercely, where the Holy Prophet was stood. One by one, the Muslims in the ring fell under the blows of the Meccan swordsmen. Aside from the Meccans who were with swords, from the hill, the archers sent volleys of arrows towards the Holy Prophet At the time, Talha, one of the Quraysh and the Muhajireen, saw that the enemy arrows were all directed to the face of the Holy Prophet He stretched out his hand and held it up against the Prophet's face. Arrow after arrow struck Talha's hand. Yet this brave and valiant warrior did not allow his hand to move. With each shot, Tala's hand was pierced through. Ultimately, it was completely mutilated, and Talha lost his hand. Many years later, during the time of the fourth Khalifa of Islam, when internal dissensions had raised their head, Talha was tauntingly described by an enemy as the handless Talha. One companion replied, Handless, yes. But do you know where he lost his hand? At the Battle of Uhud, in which he raised his hand to shield the Prophet's face from the enemy's arrows. Long after the Battle of Uhud, someone asked Talha, Did not your hand hurt under the arrow shots, and the pain make you cry in anguish? Talha replied, Indeed it hurt me, and it almost made me cry in anguish.
but I resisted both because I knew that if my hand shook even slightly, it would expose the Prophet's face to the volley of enemy arrows. On the occasion of Ghazwa Hamraul Asad, whilst pursuing the enemy, the Holy Prophet met Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah. Talha, where are your weapons? asked the Holy Prophet Despite the fact that at the time Hazrat Talha had sustained nine wounds to his chest alone from the Battle of Uhud, however, he submitted that they were nearby and then quickly went and got hold of his weapons. There were a total of over 70 wounds on his entire body. Hazrat Talha relates that he was more concerned about the Holy Prophet Wasallam's injuries than his own. He states that the Holy Prophet Wasallam came to him and asked where he had seen the enemy. He replied that he had seen them in an area which was slightly low-lying. The Holy Prophet ﷺ states that he also thought the same, and stated, As far as the Quraysh are concerned, they will never have the opportunity to act in this manner again, to the point that Allah the Almighty shall grant us victory over Mecca through our hands. On the occasion of the Battle of Tabuk, the Holy Prophet ﷺ learnt of the news that some of the hypocrites were gathering at the house of a Jew named Suelim, which was near Jasum. Jasum was also known as Bire Jasim, which was in the direction of Syria, near Ratij, and was a well that belonged to Abu Haytham bin Tahiyan. The water of this well was of an extremely good quality and the Holy Prophet ﷺ had also drank from it. In any case, they were all gathering at his house and he was conspiring against the Holy Prophet ﷺ by urging them to not go along with him for battle. The Holy Prophet ﷺ sent Hazrat Talha along with some other companions towards his house and instructed them to set Suelim's house alight. Hazrat Talha acted accordingly. During this, Zihag bin Khalifa broke his leg whilst trying to escape from the back of the house. Similarly, the other men also fled. Hazrat Ali relates that he heard the Holy Prophet ﷺ with his very own ears say, that Talha and Zubair will be his neighbours in paradise. Among those who remained behind from travelling for the Battle of Tabuk was Hazrat Ka bin Malik. Consequently, he was boycotted and after 40 days, Allah the Almighty accepted his repentance and announced his forgiveness. When he came to the mosque to present himself before the Holy Prophet ﷺ, it was Hazrat Talha who came forward and met Hazrat Ka bin Malik and congratulated him. Apart from Hazrat Talha, no one else stood up from the gathering, and Hazrat Kaab stated that he would never forget this kind gesture of Hazrat Talha. Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid states, I can bear witness regarding nine people who were given glad tidings of paradise, and even if I mention the tenth person, I would not be wrong to do so. He was asked how this was possible. To which he replied, We were in the company of the Holy Prophet ﷺ on Mount Hira, when all of a sudden it began to shake. Upon this the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, O Hira, steady yourself, 
for there is none upon this mount except for a prophet, Siddiq, and a shaheed. As a Sayyid was asked who those people were, to which he replied, The Holy Prophet ﷺ, Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, Ali, Talha, Zubair, Saad, and Abdurrahman bin Auf. These were the nine men. When he was asked about who was the tenth person, Hazrat Sayyid bin Zaid paused for a while and then said, It is I. Hazrat Sayyid bin Jubair narrates, The status and conduct of Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Saad and Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf was such that during battles, they would stand before the Holy Prophet ﷺ and fight. And during the prayers, they would stand behind him. Hazrat Jabir bin Abdullah narrates that the Holy Prophet ﷺ once said, Whoever wishes to see a martyr in person, they ought to see Talha bin Ubaidullah. Hazrat Musa bin Talha and Hazrat Isa bin Talha narrate on the authority of their father, Hazrat Talha bin Ubadala. The companions of the Holy Prophet ﷺ would say that a Bedouin once came to the Holy Prophet ﷺ and asked, Who were the people referred to in the verse of the Quran? Waman qada nahbahu. I, there are some of them who have fulfilled their vow. Initially, upon asking, the Holy Prophet ﷺ did not answer. The Bedouin asked for the second time, but the Holy Prophet did not answer. And again upon asking for the third time, the Holy Prophet ﷺ remained silent. Hazrat Talha further stated, I entered through the door of the mosque, and at the time I was wearing a green attire. When the Holy Prophet ﷺ saw me, i.e. Hazrat Talha, he asked, Where is the questioner who asked about the people referred to in the verse? There are some of them who have fulfilled their vow. The Bedouin replied, It was I, O Messenger of Allah. Hazrat Talha then says, The Holy Prophet ﷺ pointed towards me and said, He is one of the people regarding whom it is said, There are some of them who have fulfilled their vow. Abdurrahman bin Uthman states, On one occasion, we were with Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah in a state of ihram. One person brought a bird and presented it as an offering. At the time Hazrat Talha was resting, some of us ate from it, while others abstained from eating it. When Hazrat Talha woke up, he agreed with the action of those who ate the offering, and said, We also ate the offerings that were hunted by others whilst in the company of the Holy Prophet Aslam, the freed slave of Hazrat Umar narrates, Hazrat Umar saw Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah wearing two garments that had been dyed using clay, despite the fact that he was in a state of ihram. Hazrat Umar asked, O Talha, what is the meaning of these clothes? i.e. since he had dyed his clothes. He replied, O Amirul Mu'mineen, I have dyed them in clay. Hazrat Umar replied, O ye companions, you all are leaders and people will follow your conduct. If an ignorant one sees you wearing these clothes, 
he will say Talha wears coloured clothes in the state of Ihram. I.e. regardless of whichever colour was used, people could raise an allegation that instead of wearing white clothes, he wore clothes that were coloured. In another narration, the following words are found in addition to the aforementioned hadith, that Hazrat Umar stated, The best clothes to wear in a state of Ihram are white, therefore do not place other people in doubt regarding this matter. Hazrat Hassan relates that Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah sold a piece of land to Hazrat Usman bin Affan for 700,000 dirhams. When Hazrat Usman paid the amount, Hazrat Talha took the money home. He thought to himself that if one has this amount of money at home, no one knows what God Almighty has decreed with regards to life and death. Thus, throughout the night, with the help of others, they went around the streets of Medina and gave money to those in need. When day broke, Hazrat Talha did not have even one dirham left from this amount. Ibn Jarir narrates that Hazrat Talha once met Hazrat Usman when he was leaving the mosque. Hazrat Talha said, I have 50,000 dirhams that I owe to you. Kindly send someone to collect it. I.e. he may have borrowed the amount of him in the past and now he had the money to pay him back. Hazrat Usman replied, I gave that to you as a gift owing to your kindness. Hazrat Talha was martyred in jang jamal With regards to this, there is a narration by Qais bin Abi Hazm in which he states, On the day of jang jamal Marwan bin Hakam shot an arrow which hit Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah in the knee, piercing a blood vessel. When he would apply pressure on the wound, the blood would stop, but when he would leave it, blood would gush out. Hazrat Talha then said, By God, we have not experienced their arrows as of yet. He then said, Leave my wound, as this arrow was sent by God Almighty. Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah was martyred on Das Jumadithani, 36 Hijri, during jang jamal At the time of his martyrdom, Hazrat Talha was 64 years old, whilst according to another narration, he was 62 years old. Sayyid bin Musayyib narrates, that a man was once speaking ill of Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Talha and Hazrat Zubair. Hazrat Saad bin Malik, i.e. Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas, stopped him, saying, Do not revile my brothers. However, the man did not desist. Hazrat Saad stood up and offered two rakats of prayer and offered the following supplication. O Allah, if these things that he is saying are punishable in your eyes then send down your chastisement upon him in front of me so that he can be a lesson to others thus as soon as this individual left the gathering a camel was charging towards him the camel caught him in a rocky terrain and throwing him underneath it crushed him thereby killing him the narrator states that the people went to Hazrat Saad saying, O Abu Ishaq, rejoice for your prayer has been accepted. Ali bin Zaid narrates on the authority of his father 
that one person saw Hazrat Talha in a dream who appeared to him and said to change the location of his grave as the water disturbed him greatly. He appeared to him in the dream again and saw the same dream on three consecutive occasions. That person came to Hazrat Ibn Abbas and related his dream. When they went to his grave, the part of his body that was immersed in the ground had become green due to the water. Thus, the people moved Hazrat Talha's body and buried him in another place. The narrator states, It is as if I can still witness the camphor that was on his eyes, which was completely unchanged. The only change was his hair that had moved from their place. The people bought one of the houses of Hazrat Abu Bakr for 10,000 dirhams and buried Hazrat Talha in there. Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah would earn 400,000 to 500,000 dinars from his different farms in Iraq. He would earn crops from the lands in different areas of Sarah, which was a mountainous region similar to an island to the west of the Arab Peninsula and spanned from north to south. It was also known as Jabal al-Sarah. He would earn at least 10,000 dinar from the grain of this area and also from other land he owned. There was not a single poor person from among the Banu Taim whose family did not benefit from the wealth of Hazrat Talha and whose widows were not married from that wealth and whose needy were not granted assistance, i.e. he would help the poor and would pay the debts of those who were unable to pay them. Moreover, each year when he would earn from his produce, he would send 10,000 dirhams to Hazrat Aisha. Hazrat Muawiyah asked Musa bin Talha, How much wealth did Abu Muhammad, i.e. Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah, leave behind? He replied, 2.2 million dirham and 200,000 dinar. All of his wealth was earned from the various lands he owned. As mentioned, he was martyred in Jang Jamal, the details of which, God willing, I will narrate in the future, because the details are such that they ought to be mentioned separately, so that the questions that arise in one's mind can be addressed. God willing, I shall narrate it in future. Now, as mentioned in the previous sermon, Everyone ought to continue adhering to the precautionary measures against the current coronavirus pandemic. One should also take caution whilst attending the mosque. If one is suffering from a slight fever or is suffering from aches and pains, one ought to refrain from public areas. They should protect themselves as well as others. We ought to pay particular attention towards prayers. May Allah the Almighty safeguard the world from this affliction. Alhamdulillah 